Three, two, one, and we are live for episode five. Episode five. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the, to push, the push Play, play oh, Podcast. Oh, were you yeah, I'm just hijacking you oh, right you now. You took bro. it from me. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode five of the Push Play Podcast. I'm your host, John. And I'm Romani. And this is episode five, a very special episode five. It is, indeed. What what makes it so special, Armani? Well, I, I think we should really kind of address the elephant in the room and what's been happening with the nation. Yes. Um, with the United States of America. Of which America. Which is just... <sighs> what's, what, uh, first off, push players, what is going on? It's uh, June 6th, 2020. Um, you guys are going to be listening to this on, uh, on June 8th. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But here, I mean, <clears throat> let, let's all, let's all address what's going on. I know normally we, our whole podcast is geared on, on self-help development, being able to get ourselves in a, in a better position for not only our, ourselves, but our careers, our relationships, but with what's going on into, in today's nation, in our society right now, we would feel as if we would give it a disservice if we didn't acknowledge it. Um, and so today's episode is going to be geared toward that acknowledgement and what is going on in our nation as we speak. Um, and what, what we're talking about really is the Black Lives Matter movement and with what has happened with that that poor guy, George Floyd, and, and what happened with him in Minneapolis. Yeah, so basically we want to talk to you guys about... Um what's truly been happening the tales of of reality and how a lot of things that have been happening in history are finally catching up to us now and and it's and it's catching up to us in a sense of we're exposed to it in a more social media type way right in, in which you know a lot of things are getting captured on on cell phones and things like that but it really is just the tip of the iceberg. It is. You know, this this really is just the beginning of, of anything and everything that really has been going on in our nation since the very beginning. It has. Um, And, and, and looking at what happened to George Floyd and, and how Derek Chauvin and, and company treated that situation. And, and I look at how did we get here? You know, how how are we still here in, in this word 2020? We've already had a, an African-American president. Right. You know, we've had Barack Obama in office and we thought, OK, maybe maybe our social equality is is now starting to reach a good level point. Right. When in actuality, it, unfortunately, I think we're a lot further back than where, where we really feel we are right now. Yeah. Um, and this whole situation with George Floyd really, really puts light to it. And it really makes you think, you know, we are at a time right now where. We could either do one of two things. We could either patch this up and brush it under the rug and think that we can be good business as usual, or we can really tear off the sheetrock in this house and and look at where all the rotten wood is, replace that rotten wood, right, and and build a better foundation and a better stronger house, right. You know, and I think that's the approach that we need to take. Um, we we look at at what happened in this in this instance, and and you know, I. I totally respect our our law enforcement our military services our armed forces totally respect that and and everybody wants to say it was just a few bad apples you know but but is it a few bad apples or is it just a rotten tree that is producing these apples 
Right. You know, and you have to look at the top and how how that culture, what systematically, what is it that they are trying to to put down into that culture that that gives us these situations? Yeah. You know, more often than not, you know, you 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 cannot just sit there and blame the police officers. You have to you have to start blaming the people at the top, like the the chief of police. Oh, the, yeah. The, the sheriff. Yeah. Those are the guys that you want to really, really, really hammer down on because these are the guys calling the shots. Right. Essentially. Um, if you go after the individual officers and stuff, not saying like none of them, are, you know, that there's no blame to be placed in everything on, on an officer for making a bad call. But if you really want that systematic change, mm-hmm. you got to go up top. You right. got to you got to target the guys up top and everything. And really, because those guys, like I said, calm the shots. I mean, the. Uh, chief of police is going to be answering to the mayor. Right. So if the chief of police isn't making, you know, um, making good calls and everything, there's a lot of leniency. There's a lot of stuff, like I said, getting brushed underneath the rug. There's there's a lot of mistrust and everything within the public relations. Right. You have to say, OK, well, who is the boss or whatever of the chief of police? Go after the mayor. If the mayor's not doing you know, anything doing or, any, yeah. uh, any service to the public then it's like okay who's next governor and and, and these and these people are elected officials yeah you know and and we as a people are choosing who gets in in office so to speak because we do have a voice or we do have a civic duty to to voice that yeah. opinion um but it is the police chiefs and the in the sheriffs yeah you know that are in charge of these communities that they need to be accountable for the type of culture that they are breeding within their ranks. Right. If there are a few bad apples, go after the person that's nurturing that tree. I mean, it. you can get rid of a couple of those branches, but if that tree is rotten, you're going to produce bad branches regardless of, right. of what you've pruned. Right. And so maybe you have to dig it out and, and rip out that stump and put somebody else in there that's actually going to protect and serve right that is going to respect the communities that is going to understand the the fight the plights and the struggles that the communities go through and Mm -hmm. the successes as well yeah you know and unfortunately we have a divide in our country in which we we look at this as a as a black lives matter what about all other lives you know and and i always look at that argument like that you cannot call attention to everything it's it's like when 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 your house is burning down, right, right? Right. And you have all these surrounding houses and the fire department comes and they're starting to to go after the fiery house and extinguish that fire. You have neighbors all around that say, "Hey dude, what about my house? Start watering that down." And they're saying, "Sir, ma'am, your house is totally safe as long as we extinguish this fire. You'll be right. all good." And them saying, "Well, no, all all houses matter." Right, right. No, man, you have to go after the burning house. Right, right. And that's where we are at right now. I mean, far too often we've been in front of this burning house, and this burning house has been burning for centuries. Right, right? it's been it, it it it's it's a engulfed flame that gets fueled by the media, fueled by our hatred, fueled by stereotypes, fueled by what we teach our children, fueled by our beliefs or misconceptions. And we have too much fuel on this fire and not enough firemen extinguishing it. Right. You know, and it's very unfortunate that we're even having this discussion in 2020. But it's good that we're having this discussion. Yeah. Irregardless of when we have it. I'm I'm very proud that we are having this discussion. Yeah. Hope, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that the, we're opening up the conversation. Right. And stuff. And, right. We're, and we're having that discussion because we can't play ignorance any longer. No. And stuff. I mean, that that's the thing that really got us here 
it, 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 it not only got us here, but if we allow it to, it'll show for us into the future. Yeah. And, and that future really isn't something that I want my children to be a part of. Definitely. You know, and, and you look at, you look at our past, mm-hmm. right. And, and you say, where, where did all this start? Where, where did all this begin? You know, and, and naturally we can always go right back to slavery and, and how how people were stolen from their from their motherland, from their country, from their states, from their homes, from their families, unwillingly brought to a, a strange foreign land and put to work and sold and traded and treated like property. You know, and then and then you go to the the three fifths rule back in seven in the 1780s where 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 black people were considered less than a man. Yeah. You know, and, and systematically we've put people down in that realm. Why? Why are we doing that? You know, and and you look at how our history has started to to move forward. And even just recently in the 1960s, we were dealing with segregation. Yeah. Where we had white only schools, colored only schools, colored only drinking fountains. You couldn't get seated in a restaurant up front. You had to go to the back of the bus. It's the list goes on. Right. Right. But that's been the the perception that we've all been fueling. That's the burning house. Right. And everybody's been putting fuel on that thing. And, and we're trying to raise our hands and say, dude, we need water over here to extinguish this thing. And people are giving us gasoline. Yeah. It's not helping the situation. And you you, you look at Colin Kaepernick, who is a very polarizing individual for what he did back in, in, in the in 2016, 2017. I yeah. Think. Where he decided to take a knee in protest, not against our nation, not against our flag, not against our, our armed services or our military, but against what police officers, what that law, that authority was doing to to people of color. And, and we, were, we were taking that stance, that kneel, that silent protest, that peaceful protest. And he got ridiculed for it. Right. Literally had to give up his his football career because of, of what he did, because he wasn't good for business. Right. Mm. And you look at where we are at today. Had we listened, had had the NFL listened to him. During that time. Had had they not just shunned him and brushed him off to the side, had they actually listened to him and said, you know what, Colin, we appreciate what you're doing. What can we do to help? Mm -hmm. You know what? What can we do to take ownership of what's going on and help the way we can? Right. Had they done that, had the NFL done that, had our nation done that, had our president done that, who knows where we are at today? Yeah. I'm not going to say things would have been fixed, but maybe things would have been on the journey to get fixed. Yeah. Maybe there would have been a little bit more enlightenment. There wouldn't be so much tension, right? We would have had that conversation a lot earlier. It, exactly. So, but here, here we are, and... We're still fighting this. Right. We're still struggling for this. Right. We're still going out there and protesting. And you got a couple of people that are out there rioting and doing whatever. But now the focus is on the people doing that. And, and it's, it's stealing from the message. Right. It's stealing from the stance. It's stealing from from the call for help to put out this fire. Yeah. And the media is just looking at, oh, look at these thugs. You know, it's the choicing of words. It's the way it's it's perpetuated. It's the way it's painted. Right. Honestly, the Boston Tea Party was that was a whole bunch of thugs on a boat throwing down tea. Right. Trying to <laughs> steep it in the ocean. <laughs> trying to say 
oh man, you gotta, oh, you gotta do this the right way. You can't, you can't protest in that fashion or whatever. It's like a protest is just, it's you a are protest. Fighting, yeah. You're, you're fighting against the establishment yes. because something is wrong. Something is systematically so, wrong. Could you imagine? Yeah. With the whole Boston Tea Party. Yeah. You're like, ah. I, I just don't, you know what? I'm sorry. I just don't feel right, you guys, throwing tea or whatever into the harbor. It's a waste of tea. And there's a lot of people who are just innocent in this and, and, and who don't like you guys kicking up dirt and disrupting the peace and everything. It's like, okay, it may have been peaceful Whose through peace your was eyes. It? Whose peace exactly. is it? Exactly. Whose peace are we protecting? Right. Right? The peace of the oppressor? Yeah. You know what? I'm sorry, but, but screw the oppressor. Screw their peace. If we have to live in a world where we're not able to have that type of peace, then what's the what's the point of even living? Yeah. This isn't the land of the free and the home of the brave. It's really, you know, us trying to conform and, and make sure somebody else is comfortable. Yeah. No, no, absolutely and, not. And it's tough. I mean, I mean, when you want to protest and everything, it's like, what is the right way? There is no apparently, right way. Apparently, yeah. If, if peacefully protesting and just taking a knee is apparently disrespecting the flag, you know, then what? What is there to do? Because Martin Luther King, nonviolent, boom, assassinated. Right. You know, like John F. Kennedy had a, uh, he famously said, those who make peaceful revolution impossible will make violent revolution inevitable. And that's where we're so, at right now. We, exactly. We, we tried the peaceful route. Yeah. We've done it, but it wasn't, it wasn't what they wanted because it, it's. Because people are just changing the frame. Exactly. And saying, oh, he's kneeling. Oh, it must be a disrespect against our veterans and our flag. No. That, that wasn't the point. It's, it's a veil of it, it distraction even, because nobody wants to hear the truth. Right. Because this, this conversation is a very uncomfortable conversation. So people want to shut it down. Exactly. So you got to shut it down because nobody really wants to sit there and take take accountability yeah. for their part. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and we're not saying, oh, it's 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 somebody's fault. We all have a, a role to play in this in, in some extent or another. But at the same time, we have to ultimately look at the at the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And right now it, it is Black Lives Matter because they do 100, 1,000, 1 million, 1 billion percent. Yeah, that will never change. And, and it's not to say that all lives don't matter or only black lives matter. Right. But let's pay attention to the house that's burning down right now. Exactly. We, I, we I, need to as 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 brothers and sisters in this great country of America, we need to help each other in these times right. because if we don't, we're forever going to be divided. Yeah. And the more divided we are, the less we can stand for anything. Exactly. There's strength in unity. Exactly. And whoever, I don't know, maybe people up in the ivory tower want this as, as basically a, just a whole, they, they want to, they want to kick the hornet's nest. They want to oh, stir time. something up because maybe they have some type of agenda in mind. Well, and, and, the that, thing and that's is, all that it is, man. They're right. using us as, as pawns. Right. And it's conquer by divide. Mm -hmm. And that's literally what's happening in everything now with, with just terms of, well, racism is a good catalyst to get things like this going. Right. You can use racism and it's such a, it's the ultimate divide. Right. Because you're either racist or you're not. Right. And people can spin what you say any which way they want in order to make their agenda, I guess, true. Yeah. And if you say that black lives matter, you're probably going to say, oh, well, you're a racist because you only care about black people. And that's not that's not. Yeah. It. Black lives that, matter doesn't not mean it. only black lives matter. No, it's it, exactly how it was explained to me was basically um, if, if you go to let's say you go to the doctors because you broke your arm. Mm -hmm. Right. Imagine, and then you go into the doctor's office, and then the doctor goes to you and he says, Oh, old bones matter. Right. It's like, Okay, doc, I'm hearing you, but 
can we just focus on the broken bone right here? Mm-hmm. My arm is broken. Let's, let's pay attention to the one that snapped. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I never really understood just that whole, because the whole thing of saying like all lives matter, of course, of course they all matter. But honestly, just saying that is kind of a way of, uh, it's like, it's like a deterrent. Right. Right. Um, it, it's a way of just disvaluing um, the whole movement. Right. So, well, I, and I look at Colin Kaepernick's situation, so yeah. to speak, um, and, and you look at the NFL being a multi-billion-dollar corporation here in America, and they were built on minority athletes, on black athletes. Oh yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. it's been the exploitation of black athletes since slavery, right? Yeah, and and it's and it's kind of like a modern-day slavery type deal because the athletes are extra steps. Yeah, they're 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 considered property of the owners. Yeah, the owners of the teams, the owners of the league, and and you have these minorities that have propelled this this corporation to what it is today, right? And when when Colin Kaepernick decided to kneel down in protest of what's going on between law enforcement and minorities, a league built on on the backs of African Americans. They could not have their back yeah. at that one particular moment. When, when, when we needed them most, they turned their back on us. They turned their back on the minorities. They turned their back on African-Americans. And you look at the tone that that set from that point. You know, it, it's almost like regardless of what type of protest you want to have, the fact that you're protesting, we can't have that. Mm-hmm. You're breaking the establishment's rules. You're right. you're talking about something you should have forgot about. You're Slavery disturbing was the peace. Years we're, ago. We're, we're past that. Well, what's going on? We we had a black president. Why why are we talk? We're so we're so enlightened. Right. Now. We gave you a seat at the table. Yeah. It's it's like yeah. You gave me a seat at the table. You gave but me you, scraps. But you're serving me food that the dog won't even eat. Right. You know. And 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 it's 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 like I don't want to feel as if I'm privileged to be sitting at the table. Yeah. I shouldn't have to feel like that. You know, minorities, African-Americans, Latinos, uh, we shouldn't have to feel as if we're privileged to sit at the table. Yeah. The table should be already there. Everybody should be sitting there. It should be a privilege that we're all there together. Mm. You know, we all should feel that same privilege. You know, it isn't about that whole, whoa, well, you know, we're you're lucky that you make all that money and all that. No, you're lucky that you get to watch us play. You're lucky that we serve as an entertainment value for you. I mean, some of the greatest athletes were African American. Right. You're never. I'm Jackie Robinson, Willie Mays, Barry Bonds, Jerry Rice. I mean, you look at these great athletes, but they're lucky to be doing that. No, and and it's such a a owner slave mentality that has carried over since since the beginning. Yeah. And here we are today, and it's that same that same social role we've put minorities into a role where they are not considered the 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 uh number one they are not considered the they, they are the oppressed you know they're not they're inferior to to white people mm-hmm. right or yeah they're inferior to white people that's i mean that's what we've done right right right, right. that's that's just been the whole narrative and everything since the whole beginning and, right. and and think about what that does to just people who are just growing up in that society as a minority and stuff putting that that um it's pow- it's it's powerful when you when you when you socially put somebody in a parameter into a box that they are not the majority yeah. that they are a minority that they 
are privileged to be at the table, that they are lucky to have their freedoms, that they are they are blessed and fortunate to live in this great country. You slap a label on them like that and that's going to affect their performance, whether it's just um, academically or just uh, socially or Mm. economically. Think about what that does to an entire people from from the family life to education to to financial economic status. Yeah. All of that growth has been stunted in one way, shape or another. Yeah. I mean, you could look at the crack epidemic in Washington. You can look at at uh, the massacre of, of Black Wall Street. Yeah. You, you can look at what they did to poor Emmett Till. Yeah. You can look at what people have done systematically to keep that proverbial knee on 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 minorities necks. Yeah. You know, to suffocate us, to make sure that we don't have that breath of life to grow, to produce, to be you know, equal, right? Right. History is, is it's such a, a weird thing. I mean, honestly, if, if you really wanted to understand what happened in U.S. history, it's like you got to dive in on your own. You, you, um, yeah, you can't rely on stuff, somebody just telling you. Exactly. History, when learning it through school, it, it, it's more more or less just like indoctrination. It's who, um, whose history are you learning about? Right. And and a lot of the stuff that's being written and stuff through history are, are, are coming through the eyes of a lot of white men. Right. And the perspective of are, a white man talking about the plight of a black people. Right. Yep. So think about what that does. I mean, the whole thing with um, what was it? Uh, black Wall Street. Mm-hmm. I think that was uh, Tulsa. Yeah. I think the city, yeah, city of Tulsa was just burned down and everything. Yep. Um, what was it? Uh, uh, um due to just racial hate, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, honestly, they killed a whole bunch of well-established, wealthy uh, black Americans. Right. And that was something that they fostered on their own, only right. to have that taken away from them. That's the type of stuff that you don't hear in your history class. Honestly, mm-hmm. me being like an African-American, mm-hmm. I only just learned about this a few days ago. That wow. this stuff actually happened. Wow. And it's made me open my eyes and say, what else is this country hiding from me that right. they have done? Right. You know, you've heard about Vietnam. You've heard about, you know, the Civil War and all that stuff. I actually, a lot of people in the U.S. don't even know that the Civil War was over slavery. Yep. If you ask an average college student, they don't even know that. Yeah. It, it was literally the North versus the South. Right. And it, all it had to do was, are we going to keep slaves or are we not? Right. What type of crap is that? It, it, because it, it if is. we don't know the roots of our past, we're just we're doomed to make the, the same mistakes. We're going to it's it's history repeats itself. And unfortunately, this is a cycle that has been going on forever. Right. You know, and we we right now we're we're at the precipice where are we going to stop this cycle? Yeah. You know, and we have a a call to action right now, not just with with, you know, minorities and and black people and and Latin people and Asian people, but white people. But every every one person saying black lives matter doesn't mean that you stand on a fence of one race or another. Yeah. Black lives matter means that you stand on the side of let's end racism. Right. Systematically. Take out the fire on that burning let's house. Let's, burn, put it let's out. take out and make sure that the fire is extinguished. Right. Because at this point, if we don't, that house is going to burn to another house. Right. And another house. And another house. You take away the civil liberties and the freedoms of one people. Do you think that it's going to stop there? 
Absolutely not. And it's just going to keep going and going and going. And and to, to stand here and say that we have to pick a side, pick the side that's right. Yeah. Pick the side of, you know what? I don't want to be a bigot. I don't want to be a racist. I don't want to be the guy that that, you know, propels the same cycle over and over again. I want to stop. I want to I want to make change. I want to help change. Yeah. You know, that's where we're at right now. This is our opportunity. Yeah. You know, and it's very, very disappointing to see posts on Facebook or Instagram or, or just people talking and you really get to hear how they feel. Yeah. And it's so disheartening because, I mean, you can close your eyes and you're probably back back in the times of slavery and on how certain people view this. You know, it's me. I'm, I'm not African-American. I'm not black. You know, I'm, I'm Hispanic, but my extended family is black. I mean, Armani, he's my brother-in-law, African-American, my wife, African-American, yep. my kids inherently African-American, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I get hurt. I take it so personal, you know, because you, you hear that. And, and I think, I think of my brother-in-law, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, my wife, my sons, you know, I think about all my extended family and it's, <laughs> it hurts me to, to a point where, where you wish you could just remove yourself from those situations, you know, people you work with, people you have to interact with daily. You know, you hear a lot of a lot of how they think and operate and how they view what's going on and how they paint the picture. And and it's just so sad because I I, I almost feel as if people like that have been indoctrined with all that power that they're fearful of losing it. Because it, it's almost like a it's like a boss that hasn't been good. He's not good at what he does. Right. He's mm-hmm. not a good leader. He's he's not skilled. He's not qualified, but he's the boss. Mm-hmm. And he is terrified of anybody and everybody that threatens his position yep. because he knows he can't survive outside of that post. Yeah. And so the one thing he wants to do is make everybody around him dumb and stupid so that way he looks like he shines right and i feel like that's where we are as in america right now is there people are so fearful of somebody else taking the power and it's not taking the power in in an authoritative type of sense but it's taking the power in an equality sense it's being able to say i didn't earn the right of the table the table earned the right to have me there and and saying that I, I produce more than just the entertainment or the athletic ability or wh- whatever else, you know, I, I instead of being an athlete, man, I want to be the vice president. I want to be the president. I want to be a CEO. I want to be the head of a large corporation. It's those things right there that those are the tables we really need to be at. Right. Right. But hearing these these men, these women, these these children sometimes, too, you know. Yeah. Talk how they talk. It's it's that whole fear of losing that power losing the head of the table chair and and i think that's where a lot of this racism comes from it has to you know they see people's skin color and they see you know the value you know the 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 wit the smarts the intelligence the ability all that and it's like dude <laughs> you're gonna take my job i gotta i gotta like stomp on you so you don't right you know <laughs> right it's 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 crazy, man. You know, and people that have have that authority authority complex, you know, they'll stop at nothing to keep it. Yeah. Right. To think about how people could treat you so differently based off of the amount of pigment that you have in your skin. Right. 
It's insane. It's, it's insane. Like how much, how much melanin and everything that, that you have. I, I mean, well, you know, the, I, I saw something earlier today. It was, uh, I think melanin per ounce was more expensive than gold. Per what? Ounce. Yeah. So if you think about it, <laughs> the darker you are, the more the more you're worth. Ooh. I mean, think about that, man. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh man. So so if you, ladies and gentlemen, if you uh, go for that, point five million dollars. Go for that. <laughs> go for that cash for gold. I got a lot uh, of equity here. <laughs> Honey, I paid the bills. <laughs> we're moving to the east side. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, you know what? There's actually been one woman that has been so influential in everything and has opened my eyes to a lot of things. Uh, mm-hmm. Her name is uh, Jane Elliott. Okay. Uh, guys, if, if you if you don't know who Jane Elliott is, please look her up. She is um, a school teacher. Um, I don't, I'm pretty sure she's retired and everything now. But Back in 1968, a few days after uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated, Mm -hmm. um, she was so sad and disheartened uh, that she decided to teach her classroom, which was just a class full of third graders, about racism. Mm -hmm. And of course, like I said, this is back in 1968. So race was a very, very touchy subject. Um, So... She had a class room full of third graders. Um, all of them are white and she needs to talk to them about race. This is difficult. So she came up with this idea and this idea was the blue eye, brown eye experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, so what she did is she took her class and divided the class in half based upon your eye color. So all kids who had uh, lighter color eyes like Blue eyes, green, green eyes. Yeah. yeah. Where they were on one side of the classroom and everybody else who had brown eyes were on the other side. Mm. So what she did was she said, well, I'm going to make it so um, or she didn't tell the students this. But her idea was telling one group of students that they were basically more superior than the other, that they were going to get more uh, privileges than the other one Mm -hmm. and just seeing how all that stuff was going to play out. So when she was addressing her class, she said, class, okay, um, I'm going to split the class up into two blue eyes, brown eyes, Uh, all the blue eyed kids. You guys are going to get five extra minutes of recess while the brown eyed kids are going to have to stay inside. Um, this is because the blue eyed children are a lot smarter than brown eyed children. Oh, wow. These are third graders. <laughs> wow. So <laughs> imagine, imagine just getting hit with all of that information. Yeah, just third like, oh grade, I'm like, dang, man, no. this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Nappy nap time. It's different. Yeah. I didn't ask for this. <laughs> so this it, it's, it's insane because you can start to see the dynamics being played in this classroom and then take that. And not only that, but 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 it's basically just a, a, a microcosm mm-hmm. of, of what's going on now. Right. So these kids just started treating themselves completely different. The blue eyed kids saw themselves as much more superior. So they started to just tease the brown eyed kids. Um, it, it's it's so messed up. But after um, telling the kids, I think it was like the first day. So on the second day, she flipped the script. Mm. She said, OK, I lied. The brown-eyed children are actually the smart ones. Um, the brown-eyed children, you guys are going to get uh, extra time at recess. Not only that, uh, you guys will also get extra snacks, et cetera, et cetera. And 
the kids were basically just like a shock. Mm-hmm. But what was interesting was seeing that whole power dynamic shift. Right. The blue eyed children did not like this. Mm. They felt as if their power was just being taken away. Oh, that privilege. Away, yeah. yeah. Yep. So a lot of them were just angry, irritated. But it, it was just so interesting because once that power shift to the brown eyed children, it was said that the children were very, um, very uh, conservative. Right. With with that 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 privilege that they had. Well, because I'd be I'd be interested. Knew. I'd be interested to see, you know, after they they felt how it how it was to not have the authority or the power. Yeah. And then to get the authority and the power, would they be a little bit more conscientious of it or yeah. you know, respectful of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was a, a quote and everything that she said was she said that she was surprised because after that experiment or whatever, or during that whole experiment, I should say, was that she saw her sweet kids just turn into monsters mm. and it, it, it's it's crazy um but after after the experiment uh she kind of had their children come back as one class mm-hmm. and basically told them told them about the whole situation and how um now that you guys have gone through this experiment how you guys have gone through kind of uh, seeing how uh, you're being treated by someone who perceives themselves as superior than you, et cetera. Now, when you see a black man on the streets or a minority, um, are you going to treat them with respect, you know, or, or are you going to see them as, um, somebody who is dumber, you know, uh, someone who is just, uh, inferior more Mm. so than you. And the class was like, no, because it's wrong and everything. Cause they went through it firsthand. Right. And honestly, the blue eye, brown eye, uh, test, um, should be something that a lot of children and stuff should kind of go through or, or some type of, you know, variation of that. Well, it's it's interesting that you say that because, you know, me, me sitting here right now as a father. Yeah. You know, this, that's one of the points that I'm really struggling with myself mm-hmm. is, you know, how, how do I have this conversation and this lesson to my kids? You yeah. Know? Um, one of them's going to be nine here pretty soon. The other's five years old. And for them to not really have any idea of what race is because they, they, they live in such a mixed, diverse family, mm-hmm. you know, it's to them, it, it really is. There is no race, you know, they're that's grandma, that's grandpa, that's mommy, that's daddy, that's uncle, that's, you know, auntie, you know, they don't have that. Oh, well that's my black family. That's, you know, that's my, my Latin family. They don't see that. Right. Um, but to have this conversation of what's really going on in the world, you know, how do I do that with them? You know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's, it's such a delicate, um, conversation. It's a conversation that deserves a whole bunch of respect. And, and I look at it in the sense of, you know, if, if I'm their information and I'm the one that is helping to teach them, I need to vet my information. I need to vet myself. Right. You know, and it does take a, a moment where I do need to self-reflect and, and really ask myself tough questions. Right. And, and that's important because if you yourself, if you have um, some biases mm-hmm. or some uh, um, race or, you know, racist. Maybe uh, I have some racial tendencies. Right. You know. That I that I know for sure I don't want my kids to have. Yeah. Right. Because imagine you having that type of stuff and just saying, well, I got to talk to my kids about race. 
and you may say some stuff that's pretty racist, right? But your kids aren't picking up on this because they trust you, mm-hmm. you know? So any information that you're giving them, they're just going to regurgitate. Exactly. So dang, now, now just the whole cycle continues. Exactly. So and now we, we're never going to fix this problem because we're teaching our children at a young age and it's an, it's, it's ingrained in them moving exactly. forward. They're going to teach their kids this. Right. And and the cycle just keeps going and going and going. Right. And so me as a parent I and, and just me as a minority, I have I have a, a, a responsibility. Yeah. To break the cycle, because this is one thing that I can control. Yeah. Right. Everything else that's going on in this in this world, in this nation, um, I can't control it. Yeah. I can't control what the system does. I can't control what my neighbor does. I can't control what anybody else around me does, but I can control me, my actions and how I choose to, to raise my children. Yeah. And one of the ways I need to, to teach my children is that, you know, it's, it's really not about race. It's about character. It's about a person's character and teaching them about being a good person, teaching them how to see good in people, but at the same time, being able to recognize the bad in people and understanding that there are racists out there mm-hmm. and that they can experience that as they get older or in different situations. Yeah. You know, but it's how they respond to those situations that I'm, I really need to, to make sure that I help them mm-hmm. with that response. It's about taking that balance. It, exactly. Because if you were to raise your children, of course, in a, you know, in a, in a loving environment. Uh, a lot of compassion, a lot of support, mm-hmm. um, and that's all they ever know. But you don't tell them the realities of the world. Right. When they go out there, there's always that possibility that they're just going to take, they're going to get taken advantage of, and then no parent wants that. No, no so I, I don't, I don't but, want that. Right. But there's also the other side of the coin. Is say if a, if a child or whatever grew up in a broken household. Mm-hmm. And all they ever know was just the yelling, the tension. Uh, they they can spot who's bad in an instant. Mm-hmm. You know when they go out in public and everything. Oh, don't hang around that person or whatever, just because of their family experiences. Right. But the problem is, if they're able to seek out the bad, they they then for themselves they don't know how to cultivate the good. Right. right. And that's just heartbreaking. You know, you and, don't and, know how to love. And 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 with that too, you know, you you have such different levels of of this whole onion so to speak right that you have to peel back and you you go from race then you go to how do we respect law enforcement yeah you know and and for my children i i want them to respect law enforcement i also want them to understand that not every cop is a great cop right you know but for the most part all cops are good cops you know i i totally agree with that i've i've had my run-ins so to speak but it hasn't tainted me mm-hmm. because you do want to thank them when they're saving you from that armed robbery. And you do want to thank them when when they're taking care of what, what you called them there to, to take care of. Mm-hmm. You just get upset when they're giving you a ticket and trying to tell your boat. <laughs> right. You, <laughs> you know, but you you have you, I mean, police, it's understandable. <laughs> yeah, police officers are there to, to, to serve and protect. That's what you want your children to know and believe. But you also want to educate them that not all police officers are like that. Yeah. You know, and and so it's not so much shining a negative light on the police officers. It's shining the total light. Yeah. It's showing them the good and the bad and letting them learn and understand where that balance lives. Mm -hmm. So when they do go out into the world and they are in certain situations, they won't be caught off guard. Right. You know, and they'll understand. And 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 
I get so scared because yeah, I can't control if they're gonna if they're gonna run into a bad cop that's having a bad day that mm-hmm. has a vendetta. And what happens to my son? You know, I have that fear. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to teach my kids that they just need to do good and live right and everything will be kumbaya because that's not the case. Right. You know, and that's why it, it, t- it takes me back to that point that we made earlier where we have to we have to get rid of and hold accountable of the people at the top of this of this of this you know law enforcement pyramid. Yeah. And get them to be able to teach a culture that cultivates the equality right. of race. You know, cops that are serving in the communities that they live in, mm-hmm. you know, cops doing community service in communities that they're serving. So that way they can understand the people that they're protecting, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and it's it's things like that. Instead of these Derek Chauvin's that are running around that have multiple cases on them for multiple years and are still allowed to enforce the law. Right. When they mess up, they could just go over to another county. Yeah. And that that's just that's so upsetting. It it is. So man. when you hold of course the people up top accountable, then they're the ones that can shut down this type of stuff. Right. You know, right. because honestly fighting these cops and everything, of course the bad apples, we're really dealing with the symptoms of a bad system. It's a bad tree. Bad tree. It's a bad tree. You know, uh, me, myself, I'm, I'm very fortunate, uh, of course, being a, a black male, uh, young black male living in, in uh, America that uh, honestly, if I if I didn't have my father, him being in, in law enforcement mm-hmm. and having a multitude of, of people in my family who are in law enforcement, I have like two other uncles and stuff right. that that are officers and having that perspective from them going to their work when, when I was young mm-hmm. um, I've never, when I was young, I never saw cops as the bad guy. Right. Uh, just because I had that close hand experience. Mm-hmm. But honestly, if I didn't have that, I would honestly think that old cops and everything are bad. Right. Like I, I probably would have been taking that whole narrative, that whole perspective, because that's all that was ever shown to me. But since I've, I have that balance and everything, I can look at the world in an objective sense as best as I can. Right. And, and trying to seek a a logical solution so that my emotions and everything don't get the better of me. Right. Because honestly, just shoving everybody into one label, just it starts the whole cycle all over again. And here we are a hundred years from now, we're still dealing with the same situation of inequality. If it's yeah. not the same, it's worse. Yeah. You know? So, and, and no, I, I mean, your perspective ultimately is, I, I love talking to you about stuff like this because you do have that that perspective from being being a young black male mm-hmm. with a father in law enforcement. Yeah. You know, and, and it's incredible to to say that because you do get to see the good and the bad mm-hmm. and you're able to formulate that opinion, but also know what is good and what is bad. Yeah. Right. Um, and and like my kids, you know, they're fortunate that their grandfather is is. It, you know, was, <laughs> right. law enforcement. right. I mean, it, it's it's amazing because I can actually go up and tell, like, talk to him and be like, "Hey, Dad, have you heard about this, this, and this, this protest?" And he'll break things down, right? So, like, he'll he'll add points in there that that I would have never known because he has that inside knowledge and everything on what right. officers should and shouldn't do. Right. I mean, I, I know there was a lot of uh, people being upset that they uh, they didn't arrest um, Derek uh, Derek Chauvin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of people were upset because they didn't arrest Derek Chauvin right off the bat. Right. Usually when they're investigating, 
they take a few days out and everything to gather all the evidence to contact the witnesses on site Mm -hmm. so they have all that clear evidence because i know even though that they have the video they got to go by the book they got to get everybody who was involved you know not just the footage Mm -hmm. of course the people who are on scene they need to contact all those all those people and compile all that together so in the meantime these officers and stuff they don't get arrested right off the bat but of course they are um they're on leave Right. And everything. So they're at home or whatever while all this evidence and stuff gets compiled. Right. So a lot of people and everything online have just been upset and everything that these guys haven't been arrested right off the bat. And that's the reason for it. It makes sense. No, it, it, it does make sense. But, at the you know, playing devil's advocate. Here, yeah. I, I always look at, at, you know, maybe the other side of the argument, which is, well, when we're getting arrested mm-hmm. and, you know, we're we're being targeted, where where's the due process there? Yeah. You know, why why does this guy get due process, but we don't get due process right away? Mm-hmm. You know, because because George Floyd got um, approached by the police officers because somebody called and said that he was trying to pay with a fake ten dollar bill. Where, where was the investigation there? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and and I'm not saying that every instance is like that, but that's why a lot of people are, are enraged by yeah, it. Yeah, it's the continuity. Because because you if, if it's going by the book, let's let's go by the book in yeah. every case. Right. Not just when, you know, the rules are going to benefit us. Right, right, right. So to speak. And when I say us, I mean law enforcement. Yeah. Yeah, because definitely, like I said, it's that continuity. When there right. wasn't that due process within the investigation Correct. of, oh, he has the counterfeit $20 bill. Well, let's or go get the $20 let's bill. Go ahead let's go double just, check it. Right. Let's make sure that it was. And if it wasn't, then okay, well, you know, yeah. misunderstanding. It wasn't until after the fact that now they're like, okay, yeah, we need to go ahead and gather, compile all the evidence. So there's there's that, there's that, um, um, there's that waiting period right. of kind of like, okay, now we got to wait until they get arrested and, and, and get everything that they need before they can actually convict the guy. It's like, right. yeah, now they're going by the book, but beforehand you guys weren't doing that. Exactly. And that's where the upset and everything happened exactly. and stuff. And that's, that's justifiable. Definitely. It, 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 it is. And I, and I know that's where a lot of, a lot of the, the, the anger, the, the passion, yeah. the, the, those negative emotions, they all come up and they, they arise because this is a game. Yeah. Right. But not all of us are afforded the same rules. Yeah. And it's it's that in itself that that gives us this this moment of of pain of of dude, what 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 is going on? Yeah. Why can't we not play the same game? Yeah. Right. It's it, we all got the same ball, but you guys are just playing on different courts. Yeah. And unfortunately, our court don't got no hoop, no net, no nothing. But you got it all. <laughs> I mean, how do you expect me to get better if I don't have the resources to get better? Right. You know, and it's it's such a it's it's the same thing that's been going on since day one. Mm-hmm. And, and I honestly am convinced that it's the people in the ivory tower that just want to stay there. Mm-hmm. And anybody that starts climbing up that tower that doesn't belong, they just want to kick you down and you you will never have that right. Yeah. And if they do, quote unquote, let you into the room and let you sit at the table, you should be privileged. That's not how we need to think of things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the privilege is for everybody being able to sit together. Yeah. You know, and I, I want to be able to preach and say, you know, let's all just get along. We're so far from that statement being true, but today is where we do start making those strides to get sure that that statement becomes true, becomes right. reality. And as a father, I feel like my due, my responsibility, my due diligence should be helping my kids 
get to that point in their life. Mm-hmm. And if everybody else did the same thing with their children, then maybe our that next generation helps the their kids. And maybe by their generation, we're not we're not fighting all this all the time, mm-hmm. you know. But we want it to get better incrementally. We want Black Lives Matter, one hundred percent. Let's act like it. Let's let's put let's put water on that house. Let's douse those flames, you know. Let's extinguish this thing. Let's get and that let's arm start, fixed. Let, let let's <laughs> let's let's extinguish it in yeah. this generation, and let our generations moving forward rebuild that house. Yeah, that's let's let's do that. Mm-hmm. And and if we if if we do that, I mean, we can we can all live in a very nice neighborhood that doesn't have an empty lot. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants to live in a in a community that has an empty lot. Right. Property values go down. Come right. on, simple economics, people. Oh, this house is very nice. It has a it has a beautiful <laughs> well, skyline. That lot over there. <laughs> but no, I, honestly, we if, if we can extinguish the flames of the house that's burning today, our kids and their kids should be able to start building a new foundation and a new house. Yeah. And we won't have these issues. That's the goal. That's the want, you know, and, and I really, really hope that that you push players out there are able to to see that and and think to yourself, how can I invoke some change in some small way? It doesn't need to be grand. You don't need to be the next Martin Luther King. I mean, if you are kudos to you, but if you're not, what can you do to change mm-hmm. and help change? We all do it together. We can we together. We are strong. Yeah. You know, to to unify ourselves because black, white, Mexican, Spanish, change ourselves. Yeah. 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 When we change ourselves, we ultimately change the world, no matter who it is that you are. And the good saying goes, the greatest illusion of the world is the illusion of separation. You know, in reality, there are no races. And that's what's crazy. Totally forgot about that. That was taught in like my sociology class when Mm -hmm. I was back in college. There are there are no there's no such thing as as multiple like multiple races that nope. that's literally just a whole social construct. Yep. And it, it gets you thinking because just putting somebody in a box and everything saying, oh, yeah, you're black, you're white, you know, you're Hispanic, you're Asian, you're Indian, all of that stuff puts you in that category, that that label. And then mm-hmm. it, it, it it's the same thing as having borders right. across the country. And yeah. Everything. Take away the borders. Nobody's here illegally. <laughs> exactly. Easy. Exactly. So when you start to realize and start to dig deep and actually ask yourself the big questions, you'll start to see that everybody is connected. Right. And that we all started from a singular point. Right. We all have a common ancestor. And what's crazy about that, it's like we're all 30 to 50th cousins. Mm-hmm. If you were supposed to um, trace back everybody's family tree. Right. Besides back to Africa. And stuff, and that's that's true, guys. That's that's a fact. Um, We all started out in Africa. Our ancestors started out in Africa, and then they scoured the globe. And I'm sorry, but that that takes a lot of just intelligence and willpower, and just that amazing human capacity. (laughs) Accept it. It's true. No, no, it's true. No, yeah. I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying, like the people out there, they're like, man, no, no, you're lying. Yeah, oh, gosh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not the truth. It, it is, it is, and, and when you think about that, it's like we had to be intelligent and smart. All that resided in Africa because they had to have the capability to actually go ahead and colonize what we know as Europe, what right. we know as Asia, what we know as the South Americas, America, yeah, the yeah. Americas, Canada, Russia, 
all of that stuff. Right. You know, it started with just a singular, um, a singular ancestry. The only thing that separates us all is a few mutations in our DNA. Exactly. And, and the right. only thing on that is just literally just the, and that's uh, just the adaptability. pigment of our, our skin. Yeah. And that's just adapting to our geo- geographical area that we're at, right? Exactly. It's, you it's, know, when we, when, we told, when we started traveling to the colder climates, mm-hmm. we started to was produce less melanin in our skin and yep. everything. Fair, so then, fairer skin, yeah, lighter eyes, skin lighter hair. Exactly. Yep. That's literally the only difference. Yep. So honestly, there is no, there's no multiple races. There, there's, there's only there's one no race. race. There is no the race. The human race. Yep. And, and, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King, and I'm, I'll paraphrase it, you know, it's, you can't judge a man by the color of his skin, but only of the content of his character. Yeah. And, and we all need to be better characters out there. You know, we, we don't need to pay attention to one, each other's skin color, each other's cultures. Be different. Be you. Be who you are. Don't get judged by it. Right. Be judged by the content of your character. Be a good person. Right. Love each other. Get get your brothers back. Get your sisters back. Be there for them. Help them up when they fall. Be a support system for them. Mm-hmm. That's what we need to do. That's the call to action. Yeah. You know? Like, difference can't be seen as a negative thing. It's, n- it's not a negative. It's not. If we were all the same, we'd all be bland. Exactly. It's the it's each other's differences that create Have you this. tried eating a salad with no dressing? No tomatoes. Yeah, it's called keto. No. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I ain't, ain't going to say it's good, but I know it's called. <laughs> but essentially what you want, you want that diverse flavor. You yep. want all those different little characteristics that go into your salad bowl that right. make it what it is. Yep. So difference can't be seen as a bad thing. It's a good thing. It is. It is. When we all have different perspectives, we can then bring about our strengths. We can see things that we haven't seen before. Different perspectives help breed different ideas, help breed better ideas, help breed a better society. Right. I mean, it's it's the differences. It's it's not groupthink. It's not being the same. It's not trying to copy and paste. Yeah. You know, we all have to be our own unique self, but that's not what we get judged on. Mm -hmm. We literally are are going to get judged based off of our character. Be a good person, get judged fairly, be a bad person, get judged justly. Yeah. You know, and and that's that's how we got to look at things. That's how we got to teach our children. That's how we got to live our lives moving forward, you know? So it's, it's it this is a this is a deep conversation, Armani, man. It's it, it goes is. deeper than just this. It it really is. It, it does. And this. and we we I I really hope that you know, you guys listening out there really Really just take what we're saying and, and, you know, formulating your own opinions. But but at the same time, you know, really just ask yourself, what can I do to help change things? Yeah. You know, and, and it is true. Black lives do matter. 100 percent support. Push play supports that movement tenfold. Definitely. Fold, and know. if you guys don't know how to change the world, start changing yourself. Start because yourself. you ultimately do change the world. Yep. And with that, we bid you adieu. Right? Yes. Thank you guys for joining us on episode five. We know this is a little bit different from what we normally do. We just felt as if it was very important to actually bring up such powerful movements, such influential moments that are happening in our world right now. Yes. And we feel as if we wouldn't be doing it a service if we weren't talking to you guys about it. Right. Right. So, yep. um, so grateful for you guys, of course, as always joining us 
on these crazy, crazy talks and adventures. Yes. Uh, we love it so much. Um, Don't forget so, to email us if you have any questions or, or want to chime in on anything that we're talking about. Definitely. You can, you can always hit us at pushplaypodcast at gmail.com. Um, Go ahead and, and, and yeah. give us any insight. Uh, if you guys have any suggestions on future videos um, or not future videos, but future, <laughs> future podcasts, future recordings, future auto, audios. Yeah, future future audio bits. Um, I'm still thinking like a, a filmmaker. So sorry yeah. about that. My, my, uh, I, my, my cousin, Mike Lee, he wants us. He did respond and says that he wants us to add music somewhere. Oh, in, really? Oh, yeah. In our okay. Podcast. All right. Definitely. So we're, we're, we're going like to we're gonna have to work on our budget here. And, you know, yeah, you know we got to crunch gotta the add some music or something. Bit. Yeah. We will, we will. Some music for the intro, outros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we will we'll look at that and that, that will be in the budget next time. Yes, 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 yes. That. I might have to crush some cans, but I'll make it happen. Okay. Yeah. So But we we appreciate you guys listening to episode five and we really hope that this somehow invoked a little bit of your thought and some passion mm-hmm. um to make change and do what we need to do as human beings. Yeah. And and just love each other and, and support each other. So With that, we just want to remind you guys, push for your dreams, push for your ambitions, but never forget to push play. Black Lives Matter. I'm John. And I'm Armani. Signing off. Oh. I stole it. Dang, dang, I stole it. (laughs) You stole it again. John is a thief. (laughs) Bye, guys. We'll see you guys. Stay safe out there.